Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad you joined us. Got my postcard today from Costa Rica. It's a picture of a, I think it's a three-toed sloth. I'm really not up on my sloth uh, expertise. Uh, but this is from Lisette and Omi, two of our dear friends right here in uh, Fredericksburg. And Omi was uh, in Costa Rica and thought of me when he was there. So I don't know, Omi, why did you get me a picture of a sloth? Is this more of a self-portrait or, or is this something that you're trying to uh, channel on me? Either way, appreciate the thought, appreciate the postcard, and appreciate you guys listening. That means a lot to me. We are in Mark chapter 9, as you well know, uh, if you're listening faithfully, and we're in the middle of a really riveting story about this man that had a demoniac son whom he had brought to the disciples uh, in the absence of Jesus, who with the three was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And these nine uh, that were down in the valley, they couldn't help. Uh, they had good desire. Uh, they wanted to be a blessing, uh, but they could not help. And that inability to help brought about some controversy because the scribes were now questioning with them. The people had gathered around them and the man was just as frustrated as ever because his son was in the same state. So now the Bible says in verse number 22, just to kind of bring us up to speed, the last part of what the man says to Jesus, oft times it, the, the spirit, hath cast him, my son, into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And I think we talked about that a bit yesterday, how that not just the person that's suffering is suffering, but oftentimes those that are next to, uh, that love the one that's going through the trouble, they're suffering as well. So this man just desperately is asking for help from the Lord for his son and for himself. But did you notice what he said? He said, Lord, if you can do anything. And that's really a question mark on the ability of Jesus. If you can do anything. Now we know that Jesus can do anything. There's never a question about the ability of the Lord. But this man, his faith is not quite there, is it? So Lord, if you can do anything. Uh, I've not been able to get help anywhere else, but if you can do anything. And I like how Jesus turns it right back on him. Verse number 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe. So instead of questioning the ability of the Lord, the Lord comes back and says, no, the, the question mark here is not me. The question mark here is you. And that's a good template for each one of us to consider that the question mark is never the Lord. 
The question mark is always my faithfulness or my faith in him. Remember, Jesus has already indicted this generation by saying, oh, faithless generation. And really the entire story that we're reading about is about faith. The faith of this man, the faith of his own disciples, the faith of the onlooking crowd, the lack of faith that the scribes had. And we're going to see that as the story concludes, that Jesus is really driving at their faith. Why? Because it's faith by which we live. The just shall live by faith, the Bible emphatically says. Or how about this? It is faith by which we please the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's the existence of God. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So Jesus puts a question mark on the man's faith. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Anything that is possible within the will of God is possible and activated through faith. Even the salvation of a soul is affected through faith. An impossible thing is possible through faith in the Lord. Now, it's not faith that changes things. No, it's the object of faith that changes things. So it's not like, oh, if I just have faith, I can do anything. That's not the point. The point is not that I have power or that somehow I have magic. The point is that when we put our faith in the veracity of God's word, in the irrefutable character of God himself, then whatever God's word says or whatever God is and wants for us is therefore possible. Look at verse number 24, where the Bible goes on to stay, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. That sounds like an emphatic statement a statement of great confidence. Lord, I believe. But watch what he goes on to say, help thou mine unbelief. To the man, I, is just as honest as he can be. What else can you be in, fr in front of the Lord? Lord, I do believe. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm looking to you as my only option. But I have to admit that I'm struggling. I'm struggling with doubt. I, I have seen failure time and time again when it comes to the remedy for my son. Lord, I believe, help me, help my unbelief. And herein I find such a comforting verse because this is me. If, you, if you're honest, this is you. Lord, I believe, but Lord, I struggle. I struggle with doubt. But did you see what he did with his doubt? He didn't allow his doubt to stop him from praying. He didn't allow his doubt to stop him from coming. He admitted his doubt. And then he said, Lord, help me with my doubt. That's a prayer the Lord wants to help you with as well. Lord, help me with my doubt. I think the disciples in another place said, increase our faith. In other words, help my faith to be stronger. Help me with my doubt. Maybe that would be a prayer that you would pray today. Lord, help me with my doubt. What is it that you know God's word says, but you're struggling applying it or you're struggling believing it? Maybe your prayer today ought to be, Lord, help me with my doubt. Help mine unbelief. 
Well, watch what happens as this man prays it. Verse number 25, and Jesus saw that the people came running together, or rather when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. So now this is the point. Jesus is responding to the faith. Yes, laced with doubt. Yes, this mustard seed sized faith this man has, but faith nonetheless. And Jesus responds to this faith by saying to that demon within that son, come out of him. And it's interesting how, first of all, what an authoritative word. And we know this, that Jesus greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We certainly know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we know that when we wage warfare at a spiritual level, by coming to God by prayer, in prayer, when we are obeying the word of God, when we're living that life of faith, that's the plane on which we live. And that's the plane on which we lock the great potential and power of Almighty God. Watch what happens in verse number 26. And the spirit cried and rent him, tore him, sore. I mean, yes, the spirit is obeying, but reluctantly. Yes, the spirit is obeying because he has to. Jesus is the greater authority, but he doesn't like it. Kind of like telling your teenager to clean his room. You know, he he might do it, but boy, he's not going to like it in many cases. Well, that's what's happening here. Did I just compare a teenager cleaning his room to an unclean spirit? Um, Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, and the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead insomuch that many said he's dead. So when this young man had this demon exorcised from him, cast out of him, that the end result was that this demon in, in departing just did as much damage, it caused as much hurt as he possibly could insofar that when the demon departed and this young man for the first time in years was now uh, emptied of that evil presence in his life, people thought he had died. Uh, such was the nature of abuse that he had suffered. And many people that were around said, He has died and maybe even temporarily thought that what Jesus did didn't work. Uh, Maybe temporarily thought that what Jesus did was actually counterproductive because the, the, the boy was in a bad case with this demon inside of him, but now he's dead. That's, that's the worst thing of all. But of course that was not true. Was it? Look at verse number 27 and Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up and he arose. So there was the immediate miracle of the expulsion of the evil spirit, but then there was the follow-up, the simply the taking by the hand, the strengthening, the lifting him up. And I see in that one little picture, a great picture of you and a great picture of me. Because what is salvation? Salvation is that time and place in our life where Jesus comes in 
and uh, and what is evil and unclean is expelled. Uh, what a great symbol of what our salvation is and the exercising of this demon. But we but we also need the strength of the Lord beyond that, don't we? We need we need the strength of Christ to just to get up. We need the strength of Christ just to walk and to walk with the Lord in a spiritual sense. And so aren't you glad that we have experienced the dynamite power of Christ in salvation, but that salvation is also an ongoing process that we call sanctification in our life, whereby we need the touch of Christ. We need the strength of the Lord to get up, to walk. We need his power day by day for decisions, for victory over temptation, for interpersonal relationships, for living the life that God expects for us to live through the power of God's Holy Spirit. Now, remember, we said that the story is a story about faithlessness and why faith is so important. And where does this kind of faith come from? Why could not these nine do what Jesus just did for this young man? What what was the missing component? Well, I'm glad you asked those questions because we're going to come back next time and we're going to give the reason for all of that, which is found at the end of this exciting story. But that's all the time that we have for today. So I'll, I'll let you go right now. We'll jump right back into verse number 28 next time. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.